off for Goodson. He's gonna throw, has a man open. Morgan has it at the 10. Stutter steps to the five, looking for the pylon. Touchdown, Terriers, Blake Morgan. To the short-haired dog, home of your 10 and 2, 7th nationally ranked Wofford Terriers. I'm your host, Michael Bennett. Alongside me today is my co-host slash best friend slash brother, Kevin Bennett. How you doing tonight, KB? I'm doing good, Mike. It's uh, good to be back. It certainly is. We've had a brief hiatus. Uh, we've been yep. been gone here for a few weeks, and we apologize for that. But uh, our plan was to take the take the bye week off with Wofford and to. Um, uh, spend some time with our family and friends, so we were able to do that there on the Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, then we had a big, le- you know, was hoping to have a big lead in to the the playoffs with a, a special episode uh, previewing the playoffs a little bit. Um, also, you know, just go- kind of discussing the South Carolina loss as well. But we were un- unable to do that because of a family illness. Uh, we appreciate the people uh, looking out for us and uh, reaching out to us on Twitter and everything asking us how we're doing and things like that and the prayers that you guys have have shared with us we really do appreciate that but it's glad we're glad to be back we have missed doing this yeah absolutely i mean it's just not a normal week now since we've been doing this if we're not if we're not putting one of these out so the last two weeks have been a little weird uh we certainly missed you guys and we're we hope you guys have stuck with us and hope we're not we haven't quit because we certainly haven't done that no nope. And although we've not did any podcasts, we have watched the games and uh, kind of had time to reflect not only on uh, the South Carolina game and now the Furman game, but we've also um, we just kind of did a season recap sort of by looking over the games for the past year. Um, so I tell you what, Kevin, let's just, let's dive in right now. Let's go ahead and start talking about the South Carolina loss. And you know, you you hate to ever lose a game, and you certainly don't want to look just for moral victories, but. There's certainly a lot of moral victories coming out of that one. I think Wofford really did play a good game, except for the turnovers. They play they played a very good game leading into the FCS playoffs game with Furman. They absolutely did, Mike, and we were both able to go down to Columbia at Williams Bryce and, and be there in person for it. And uh, I tell you what, when the Terriers went down and uh, put together that long drive to start off the game after they stopped Carolina and forced a punt there on their first possession, it was pretty quiet in Williams Bryce. You could tell the Carolina fans was like, "Oh boy, here we go." And we said that from the beginning. We were telling we were telling some of our Carolina friends, um, look, y'all can't piddle around with the Terriers. They're going to be ready. Because I know for a fact, Coach Ayers tells those guys, we're not going down there for our paycheck to go back to Spartanburg. They're going to go down there expecting to win. And that's absolutely what they did. Um, like you said, Mike, they hung in there tough. Um, they really looked like they belonged. I mean, they did not absolutely. get run out, run off of the field by any means. Um and you know what? The, like you said, the offense was really it was clicking pretty good. They put together some, I mean, some some drives that are, you know, that's Walford football. They yeah. put together some Walford football drives um, against a, a pretty good Carolina defense. I mean, Muschamp's really made some strides there on the defensive side of the ball for South Carolina in his second year. And, you know, Walford was running some things at them, and they were able to, to gash them pretty good on some plays. Like you said, that, that interception that, that Goodson threw there, um, you know, and he'll tell you that was probably an ill-advised throw. Um, but they had stopped. They had stopped the Gamecocks um, on fourth down and had the ball with the lead there. Um, and you know, it just kind of went downhill from there. But like you said, Mike, they went. They really played hard. They did not look outmatched. They did not look, you know, outmanned. They really played hard. And the good thing about it too was they were able to hang in the ball game, but also rest up some guys for the SES to get another week of rest, like for Tatavius Wilson and Colton Clemens and some of those guys that were a little banged up. Billy Hinton and Western Roundtree stepped their game up in that Carolina game. I think they had 20 combined tackles. Um, So a huge game from those guys who I think will continue to play a big role on this team going forward. Um, But, yeah, Mike, I mean, they they hung in there tough with them. And, you know, we've said before, we're South Carolina fans, obviously behind Walford. And I was sitting up there with uh, one of my buddies from college and um, big Carolina fan, season ticket holder, 
And uh, every time South Carolina would do something good, he's used to me, you know, jumping up cheering for the Gamecocks. But I just couldn't do it that Saturday. It just wasn't in me. I could not pull against the Terriers. It's just it just cannot happen. So I just sat there. And when and the when uh, I think it was McAfee that scored on the or was it Morgan, one of them there to start off that opening drive yeah, of the second Morgan. half. I think it was Morgan. Um, when he scored, I gave a little like, there we go, like a little fist bump. And uh, you know, <laughs> I was pulling for him, and it—it's it, like I said, it was—it was hard because you—you kind of you knew it would ruin South Carolina season as a as a South Carolina fan. But I'm a Walford fan first and foremost, and they, like you said, they held their own. They did what they were supposed to do. I'm not a moral victory guy either, Mike. You know how I am. I don't. Oh, that was a, well. I want to win, but that you know, it worked out for the best for for all parties involved. And I mean, like you said, the the Terriers held their own. Really had a good showing for. For the small college in, in the upstate. Well, you know, I, I think that's pretty much all we need to say on that. One thing I will point out is that it seemed like when they run the triple option, truly ran it to the outside and ran a normal option play against South Carolina, it was very successful. It was. Obviously, they got a chance to look at the film and thought the same thing because let's go on ahead to Furman because that's exactly what they started doing against the Paladins this past Saturday at Gibbs Stadium as well. Right, and, and before we get into Furman um, – just the success that Walford had this year earned them that extra bye week, uh, which was huge. Like I said, for Datavius Wilson and Colton Clemens, some of those guys were that were banged up. Got them. Uh, Mikel Horton was able to come back as well. Right. So you know th- that gave them another week for those guys to get back in shape, get back in action, get back in form, and uh, it showed against Furman, Mike. It certainly did. And you know, I, I just want to just want to brag on Brandon Goodson for that the game that he played. Just Man. an incredible game. And 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 look, guys, I know at times. You kind of get frustrated because Brandon's not a guy who's going to take chances and sometimes hit the huge plays, hit the home run plays. But, guys, you don't have to hit as many home runs when you hit a base hit every time. Right. And that's essentially what Brandon does well. Uh, But I have to say, he had some doubles. I mean, he had some triples. He had some big plays in that game. Didn't go, you know, 50 yards. I mean, did on some – he had some great passes. But as far as running that offense, sometimes – you can't, you know, you just got to take what the defense gives you. And I think that's what clearly what they were doing against Furman. And I, also, kudos to our offensive line. I mean, oh, just yeah. getting off the ball, doing a tremendous job. And they've really, Kevin, I, I feel like in the last three games, you look back at VMI, which I know VMI sucks, okay? And we were completely so much better than them, like it wasn't even funny. Yeah. But you look at that game, you look at South Carolina, you look at this Furman game that we just got done playing. The offensive line is like they're coming into their own. Right. It's like they, they have chemistry about them. And I also see fresh guys coming in occasionally, which I think helps them, especially when you're pulling those guys and they're going up against some pretty good fronts. Now, Furman was a little bit undersized, but if you look at how they've done all season, they've done a very good job. And I don't think Wofford was able to push them around that easily in the first game. They did to a certain extent, but – not to the level that they did on Saturday. And I think the one thing about it is Wofford looks like they're playing their best football right now. They do. That Furman game might have been the best game they played all season. And I don't think it's even close, in my opinion. I think it was the best game they played all year. And, Mike, getting back to Goodson, it really speaks to, you know, the composure he has and the leadership he has. You know, after that fumble that he had, you know, they were moving the ball on that drive too. Well, I think that was actually the first play of that drive, I believe it was. But a great play call. I love oh, yeah. that. I love and that quarterback there. drive. I mean, it that was, was going to be about a six, seven yard yeah. play. And, that- you know, he held the, he, I was, I was watching it at home. Um, he had the ball tucked away. The guy just, you know, knocked it out with his, I mean, it was a good play by the defender. And, and you know, it came out. Um, but, he didn't let it get to him. He came out, and I think it's the best game he's played all year, especially yeah. running the option. And there oh, was some yeah. plays where he, he'll he probably tell you, yeah, I probably should have pitched it, and he still got yards rush, running. Oh, or, or there was some where he had a lane rushing and pitched it, either Morgan or McAfee, and they got yards. I mean, it was there, and that was a – I'll tell you what, too, and I want to say this. I know um, the offensive coaching staff, they you know they get they get some – you know they, they get, on, get on them pretty bad sometimes, but that was probably the best called game, oh, I yeah. thought. Of the entire season, oh, that, yeah. that was a very well called game by both sides, and I, I have to give it to Coach Lang and Coach Brown and some of the other guys that are making some play calls. They opened some stuff up against Furman that they weren't expecting, and we were really just manhandling them and moving it at will. And the thing about it, Kevin, you mentioned you know th- saying that Goodson could have pitched at times and he didn't, and he could have ran at times and we and then he pitched it. It was all working, and you know want to know why it was working. It's because the offensive line's pushing people around and the receivers out on the edge and the backs. Right. Just doing such a good job of blocking, you can't help but get yards. Because everybody that could possibly make a play is get absolutely smashed. Right. So, and really, 
The thing about it is, Walford's really not recreating the wheel with their offense. They're just taking what they're giving them. Not trying to do anything crazy, but occasionally when you've got to throw a wrinkle in there, they're able to do it. That being said, after the Furman win, North Dakota State, of course, in our bracket, we both win, so we're going too far go this Saturday. Okay? Talking about doing wrinkles like they showed against Furman. Now, you may not have to do that because the option itself, our very the offense itself, is a wrinkle to North Dakota State. Right. And pretty much whoever we play from here on out. That was one thing about playing teams that were familiar with us both um, last year and this year. You know, we played Charleston Southern in the first round, and I know that um, they didn't, you know, uh, they didn't play us in the regular season, but they were very familiar with what we did. Uh, they also played Citadel early in the year, so they, they had faced some option. Then you take in, the, then we faced Citadel, who's an option team last year. And you saw last year when we went up to Youngstown State, our offense really looked good at times because they had not faced it all season long, similar to this year. But I think you could say that us not going about it the hard way, getting that first round by, like you said, earning that, makes this trip to Fargo look a lot less imposing. Right. And, you know, getting back to that Furman game, you know, some of the, some guys were making some making some you know some mistakes and things like that. But just talk about the I mean the ability for them to shake it off. I mean, talk about you know like R.J. Taylor. You know we've had his had his dad on here. You know he'd be the first to tell you he gets he gets a fifteen yard penalty. He drops that pass. I think the the drop pass actually came before the fifteen yard yeah. penalty. Yeah, it did. But to be able to shake that off on that touchdown drive that was really crucial. If you go into the half right there and it's ten it's ten seven Furman. That's not good. No. You don't need to let them carry that momentum, but he gets two great catches. Once again, he doesn't quit blocking, and he doesn't give up. And, and that's that's been the story for this team all year long. Have they made their share of mistakes? Absolutely. Yes. More so than I think we, we have in the past. But they've overcome it every time. They've faced everything that they could possibly face. And you know, you know, leading into this game, you know, maybe I'm crazy, but I've got a I've got a real sense of confidence going up to Fargo well Mike I, and you're absolutely right I mean everything you said is is completely right getting back to you know what you're saying about about you know RJ you know having a couple of mishaps there and really the players that, that made the mistakes were were upperclassmen they were seniors yeah and it also like I said when I when I was speaking about you know Brandon Goodson's composure it speaks to really the composure of the whole upper class for this Terrier team like you said they've seen everything they mm-hmm. know exactly when something happens they've seen it all they know exactly what they need to do it's like when Furman went up on them they were like okay yeah well, we got this right. it's not that big of a deal and you know when they when Furman went up I was sitting there thinking oh boy but then then I was like come on Kevin you're better than that you know Walford's gonna be back and they absolutely did yeah um and you know getting like you said Getting them ready for this North Dakota State game, Mike, and I and I don't mean this to be you know a knock at that that the team. What year was it they went back that they played in Fargo? Was it oh two thousand twelve? Twelve, yeah, oh twelve. Um, I don't mean anything against that team, but I feel like this year's team, if if there's been a Wofford team that can go to Fargo and win, I feel like it's this year's team. Oh, absolutely. And the, re- and the reason why, and like I said, that team had Brightenstein. They had some good players on that team, but this team has seen everything. They've oh, yeah. been in every close game. They've seen every game come down to the wire. I mean, it's it's remarkable really to see what I mean what this team's been through. Nothing's gonna phase them. Right. And everybody's saying, well, oh, well they're they're gonna be packed in up there, it's gonna be loud. Okay. Yeah. I mean this team's seen everything. <laughs> I mean and like well it's gonna be a close game. All right. And <laughs> yeah. I mean it's just uh, yeah I mean it's gonna, this is gonna be a pressure filled yeah. game. What I'm if like, the Terriers get down ten? Great. Yeah. Yeah, bring it on. Well, they're, well, they're going to load the box. I yeah. mean, what do you think? All right. <laughs> you don't think everybody else has done yeah. that all year? I mean. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, Mike, <laughs> whoever's making, you know, the spreads, to have the Terriers at 21-point dogs going to North Dakota, I would I would bet $10,000 on the Terriers. <laughs> uh, to me, it is virtually impossible for them to get beat by more than 21 points. I to me, I would take that bet all the way to the bank. The Terriers may lose, Mike. They very well may lose, but it will not be by more than twenty-one points. I, I know this so team. Either. I know this team. They, I mean, I'm telling you, they're too good. They're too consistent to just, you know, they've they've been consistently, you know, hanging in ball games, winning closely. Yeah. They're not going to get blown out, especially no. in the playoffs. Not a Mike Ayers led team in the playoffs is not going to get blown out. I don't think it's so, not going to happen, no. and especially by more than twenty-one points. 
And it's like you said, North Dakota State hadn't seen a team like Wofford yet. It yeah. hasn't happened. And if they play like they did in the second half against Furman, the Terriers will be going to the next round. There's no question about it in my eyes. Oh, I don't think so. I, I think it's – I mean, if Wofford will just play their game and play like they're capable of playing, I mean, I, I don't even think they have to play at their absolute best. If they play a, a very good game, not fantastic, not just out of their minds good, but if they play – a good ball game, they're going to win Saturday. If they play Walford football, they will win. Yeah, and that's that's the thing about it is I've I've watched some of the stuff you know, and and, and not to knock North Dakota State. No, they're a good team and they're and, a dynasty, and, really. right? And and they're and they're showing Walford you know respect as they should, uh, but but just the the ex the so called experts, they just don't have a clue of what they're talking about. I mean, to say that you know we compare to a Missouri Valley team, well. Okay, I know that's a good conference, and they compare it to you know the SEC and all this stuff of FCS. But I'm going to tell you, you look at that ball game up over at South Carolina. Now is South Carolina a juggernaut program? Not yet. No, they're getting there. They're building their way back up. But you look at that goal line, you know where they tried to punch it in down there on the goal line. They couldn't move our guys, yeah. and we're not talking about studs. McCall Horton wasn't even in there. Right. I'm sorry. I know they've got a good offensive line. And I may be completely wrong, but I do not see anybody, nobody, pushing the Terriers around. Especially on the FCS level. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, And, and, and like you said, Mike, I mean, this team is fantastic against the run. And that's what North Dakota State likes to do. We'll get into them in just a second. But you, you, if you're Walford, you have to be as consistent as you've been run-stopping in this ballgame. If you do that, you got a very good chance Absolutely. to win this ballgame. And the, like you said, Mike... And I, I think I said this to you too. The offense is clicking. They're clicking, and the, you can tell that that offensive line—they were—I mean, they were young, trying to start out. And they were piecing some stuff together early in the year. Those guys are gelling, and they are really knocking some guys around. I mean, the the play that I remember—I think it was the Stoddard run uh, where they, they just got up behind him and just kept pushing. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's reminiscent of Brightonstein days, yeah. and that and that that was when we were just running it down teams' throats, and that was when. You know, we were just handing it to Brightonstein 35 times Absolutely. a game. Now, we, there's so many wrinkles. I mean, we got Morgan and McAfee and Chase Nelson. Boy, he stepped up yeah, against he Furman. He yeah. had some big man runs. He looked very fresh. He did. <laughs> um, but, I mean, to me, this is the most skilled our offense has ever been with the, with the skill players. And, yeah, you, throw, and yeah. you throw probably the best game manager we've had back there in Brandon Goodson. Maybe the best passer. I mean, he's ever. just yeah. – I mean – Everything seems to be clicking, and they need to. And Coach Lang and Brown, they know this. They got to go up and keep doing what they're doing against North Dakota State. You know, throw the ball on third and short, like that little, uh, uh, I guess you call it a, a run pass option there that yeah. Goodson had. But it, it was a hard throw. He was going to his left. Perfect throw right there. I think it was to RJ. No, it was Jason Hill. It was Jason Hill. Okay, I mean, yeah. what a great play call and. I mean, that's what a wrinkle, like you said, is that option because they're not yeah. used to seeing it. When he, when you can get seven, eight yards of pop on that option or let Goodson, you know, take it up the seam, it's hard to stop. And then when you've got guys coming in motion different ways and doing those delayed hands off and misdirections and then doing those little, you know, out route passes or across the middle, I mean, it, you leave the defensive coordinator for the other team. They don't Absolutely. know what to do. They don't yeah. know what to, you know, get ready for. Because the option will load the box up. First off, the dive sets it up. Right. I mean, and if the dive's working, it's going to be hard to stop them. Yeah. Uh, you can try to get in there and stop the dive, but then when you take the dive away, that's going to open up the outside. Then you say, well, we'll just close down the box. We'll load the box up. And then is when we throw it on you. Right. So, I mean, and like I said, we may get out, we may be overmatched here, but I'm, I'm telling you folks, I just don't see it. Yeah. Now, now, if we go up there and lay an egg and play like crap and play like we have at times this year, just turning it over and, and having penalties and all – we're going to get beat. Now, is it going to be by 21? I don't think so. No. But I just, you know, maybe maybe we've got a sense of overconfidence, but I'm just telling you. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out, that we're physically better than a lot of these teams. I, t- I tell you what let's do, Kevin. You talked about the t- 2012 year. Yeah. Let's let's do a little comparison. Okay. Up from, from those years. Okay. You have, you take 2017. Okay. You, and I'll take 2012. And we'll go through the... Uh, the like the units, okay, okay? And, and we'll say we're gonna say from 2012 to 2017, is it gonna be upgrade, downgrade, or wash? Okay, okay, that's what we're gonna decide. All right, all right. So quarterback, okay, we it was Brian Cass slash James Lawson slash Weimer. Weimer, yeah. Uh, 
clear upgrade. Upgrade. Yeah. Um, and nothing wrong. Those guys weren't bad. They had times in their career that they played well, but but they they were you know, all banged up at that time too. They were. And it was just it was a mess. Um, but I think that's clearly an upgrade. Like we said, Brandon Goodson's probably the best game manager the Terriers have ever had. I know, and and I mean, other than Ben Widmar, I would say that. He and Bid Widmar are probably the best game managers the Terriers have, have ever yeah. had on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. So, clear upgrade there. Okay, fullback. Now, granted, that was Brightenstein, okay, in 2012, yeah. his senior year. But having the two fullbacks now that we have, we're, I'm going to say downgrade, but it's just, it's a very. It's close to a wash. It's, it's close to a wash, very much so. And then, then back in those days, you had Donovan Johnson as well. So, we'll say downgrade for fullback. So, that's yeah. one for downgrade. Okay, receiver. Mm. I'm going to say upgrade. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, I mean, nothing against Jeff Ashley and those guys that right. were on that. Because that was after Burson. Yeah, but right. those guys are nothing compared to RJ, Jason Hill. I mean, you can get Dorian Lindsay, Cleary. I mean, you, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on of guys who can, who can make plays. All right, Kevin, here's the one that's going to, I mean, I think is the biggest upgrade of them all. Okay? Tailbacks. Agreed. Halfbacks, whatever you want to call it. A considerable upgrade. We, you have Will Gay, who was a, it was a baby, and then Ray Smith, who was also a true freshman. They at the were time. young, very and young. They were, I mean, they were good. Not, not to knock them. They had great careers, but at that stage, they were nowhere close to where we are right now. now was that was that the Cam Flowers, Octavius Harden, those guys too? Were they on that team mm, yet? No, I think they redshirted. Okay. I think they they played in twenty thirteen because they were in that Baylor beat. That's down. right. That's right. Um, I think this was more of like uh, Nosik. Okay, yeah. And guys like that. And, you know, nothing to take away. Those guys played their spots. They blocked. They, you know, they, they did the game well. But you look at what these guys can do on the edge, the speed that they have, the way they can catch, the, and the big playability. The thing about it is if you miss one fit with this Walford offense running that edge, it's to the house. Yeah. If one of those guys have it, McAfee or Morgan, they can take it to the house on any play. And, you know, Goodson's not really that much of a home run hitter, but he'll gas you for 30 or so, too. He will. Uh, and, and Newman, on the other hand, now, if you miss a fit with him. House call. You can, you can, he's <laughs> yeah. Gonna, yeah, he's going to run on in the door and cut the lights off when he runs, <laughs> runs out. I'm telling you. I mean, the man is just crazy fast. But, you know, we've seen him make a few mistakes. And I think that's where you, you take – we didn't even mention him in the quarterback discussion. But the right. fact of the X factor that he is – I mean, when he went up to Youngstown State last year and, and came in as a spark, and I know Goodson had the sprained ankle or whatever he had going on after he got hurt over at the Citadel, but, I mean, you think about that. That that even adds to the upgrade there. I mean, he yeah. is an absolute just a menace for those defenses. And I, I would like to see him get a little run this week. Well, you know, Mike, me and we were talking about this. The difference between Joe and, and Brandon Goodson is, you know, Newman takes he takes some chances. Yeah, like you said before, Goodson's not flashy. He's not going to do anything. You're like, wow, but he he's going to win the game for you. But he's going to make some great. He's going to make some great plays. He's going to be consistent and going to be a game manager. Yeah. But Joe Newman, the reason why we've seen some of those mistakes this year is one, he's still very young. That's true. And two, he's taking chances because right. he has the athletic athletic ability to do so. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Goodson doesn't. I'm just saying that Joe well, Newman is a, completely different. They players. are. They, I mean, we've said this before. We we had a whole in depth discussion about the difference between the two. Um, but, you know, Newman is just athletically gifted with the ball in his hands. And sometimes, you know, when young guys take chances, they make mistakes. That's yeah. the way it is. And But that's the reason why we've seen Brandon Goodson, for the most part, is because he's not going to lose the Terriers the game. Yeah, and, and the thing about it is Newman can win the game for you. Yeah, he can. But he can also lose it. Absolutely. So, and, and that's the thing. That's the thing. But, you know, I can live with that. Yeah. I can live with that, especially from a sophomore. Now, if this was Goodson out there, you know, you know, screwing up every, I'd say, mm, I don't know, we might have to make a change here. But, you know, Goodson's did everything we've asked him to do. I mean, considering he comes in last year, what, the third or fourth guy on the list? I think, I guess the third guy yeah. comes in and is able to do what he's able to, you know, the last couple of years. And really, he's been instrumental in both of these playoff pushes. If we don't have Brandon Goodson, we don't get there. Oh, definitely there's not. No, there's no question about it. And so, all right, getting back to the discussion. All right, so where were we? We're to the offensive line on offense. Yeah. All right. Um... I would say downgrade just because I think they yeah. were so they were so in tune with Brightenstein in the yeah. backfield. They knew exactly it, they just needed a small crease and he's right. getting five, and, six yards. And I think that was like Calvin Cantrell and Ty Gregory and Jared Singleton. I think Nate Page 
and Jake Miles. Yeah, that was that, it. Was that, that was exactly the it. offensive line? Um, I'm, I'm telling you where I'm drawing a blank, and you need to look this up for me. Go okay. ahead and get on your phone. All try right. to look this up for me. I'm looking for the tight end. The tight end, 2012. Okay. And I'm having trouble with it. For some reason, I just cannot... I feel like, and this is funny, but I feel like Finn Allen was the tight end for 11 years, <laughs> but it's not him. Um, I'm trying to think of who it would have been. I, I'm having trouble, too. I'm having trouble, too. Let's see. All right. I'm going to pull up the 2012 roster. Okay. We're doing this right. This is great. This is great podcast. Oh, they're right enjoying now. it. They, oh, they yeah. had not cut it off yet. <laughs> okay. I'm guessing they're probably in the 80s. Um, let's see. I'm seeing some names that I had forgotten about mm. running down through here. Um, I bet somebody's on the other end of this right now, Kevin's screaming it out. Yelling at us. Yeah, like, come on, guys, you should know this. Okay, I see uh, junior Kenny Barnes, number 80. He wasn't the main guy. Um, Josh Hilliard, number 84, wasn't him. No. I have it, Mike. Okay. Actually, I have two. All right. Number 85, Michael Harp. And number 86, Zach Muller. Muller was a redshirt freshman, so I'm not sure if he was playing, but Michael Harp was a junior. Yeah, it was, it was hard. Hart. It was Michael Hart. So you look at you look at who we've got now. Um, Galger. Yep. And then you got Karras. Mm-hmm. And who's the other guy? Garrison something hurt. Garrison Moore. Garrison Moore. I think yeah. that's it. I think is that his name? Mm, I don't know. I need to check that one too. God, uh, we're, we're just off of it today. Yeah, folks. these 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 people. The, sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little bit rusty. But anyway, I think we've got a clear upgrade at that position as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's let's give an upgrade to tight end. All right, mm-hmm. moving over to the defense, and I think this is where we have the most wash of anything. I think our offense is is better as far as you know, more gifted, and uh, especially Garrison Moore. I was right, Garrison Moore. Congratulations, KB. Um, and you know, I think this is where we're going to see most of our wash here. Yeah. Um, but just because I think our offense is just clearly better at the skill positions, maybe a downgrade on the offensive line. Of course, we didn't have, we won't have Eric Brightenstein this time we go to Fargo, but. Um, the defense. Now, in 2012, let's start with the corners. Okay? Stephon Shelton and Blake, Blake Wiley. Wiley. Yeah. Okay? Now we have BC and Devin Watson. And Lemon. And Dominique Lemon. My man played Good out of his Lord. mind against Yeah, Brandon. I mean. I, I was sitting there watching it, and I was like, Lemon is blowing this dude up, dude, and he just crazy. kept doing it. Like he's so quick, he gets in between. He gets in between those lanes, and he just like there was a couple times he just blew up, blew up the pitch guy. Yeah. Like he didn't have a chance. And look, if you look on the plays that were big time like stuffs, Lemon was, was there. He was yeah. in there. He, it would be Wilson and Clemens <laughs> and Lemon. I think it was the one where a pitch was about three yards deep in the oh, backfield, dude. and. I mean, he knocked the piss out of that guy. And I was he like, did. I was like, who in the heck was that? And yeah. I was like, Lemon. Like, oh, I dude. was completely like, I couldn't believe it was him. And it just you don't think that much power is coming from a guy that size. But he's in there to stop the run. That's why he got more run than BC. BC's obviously a little guy and a great cover guy. Um, which, by the way, he he didn't get any all SoCon love at all. Which was just just totally odd. stupid. Yeah, right? I don't agree with that. I mean that. he had he had some plays he essentially has won two ball games for us, George BC. Yeah. And I've read the story about how he's you know his family had a crazy family story and that uh he, He's actually having a having a reunion this yeah, week. Yeah because his parents live up there and that was a that was a great article. But you know, essentially you look back at the Western Carolina game, you look at the Mercer game. People forget about that. If he doesn't rip the ball out of that receiver's hands, we don't come close to winning that ball kick. No. And, you know, just look at the impact he's had at the guys he's covered. And the fact that he got no all-so-con love is just stupid. I so they need to they need to go back and rethink that because that's lame. Yeah. Because he, he was clearly deserving. And so was Devin Watson. Get back to the discussion, Kevin. You're going 27, tw- 2017 or 2012? Give me 2017. Really? Yeah. I know, I know Wiley and Shelton, they had, they had been there. You know, they were solidified as the starting corners. But to me, these guys... You know, they've, to me, they, I don't know, I don't know how to See, put it. Pass, like, I, I think run stopping, they're better now. Yeah. But I think defense, pass defense, I think was a little bit better. Well, there. I agree, but here's what I'm saying. Against North Dakota State. Okay. To fit what they're trying to do, which is going to be try to run the ball. Yeah. I think the guys now, you know, will be able to stop it. I'm No, granted. Those guys did good. I mean, it was a fourteen to seven yeah, game last time, true. so I mean, they obviously stopped think, them pretty well. And Blake Wiley had what a pick six. Uh, yeah, Ain't he that did. What got him? Yeah, the he seven. Did. So, so I mean, yeah, they. I, you know what, Mike? I'm gonna call it a wash. 
That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to think it's a, a wash, wash between the corners. I, can, I, I agree with that. I think they both got such you know positive things you really can't look past. All right, so let's look safeties. Okay. Okay. At that time we had James Zotto. Yeah. And I'm losing who this. Bratcher. K- Kendall Bratcher probably. Um, and now we have Allstat, Mason Allstat, and uh, Malik Rivera. Malik Rivera slash JoJo Tillery. Who's, slash Graham Massey. Yeah. Who JoJo Tillery's not getting enough run, guys. He I agree. I there. think he needs to be out. There I mean, JoJo Tillery for whatever reason, since like the first time I ever saw him play, I was like, I like that guy. I like him. Yeah. JoJo Tillery's one of the guys that, being Kevin, he's one of our favorite players. And we go on talking about it all the time. Yeah. We're like, hey, we, like, I, I, oh boy, JoJo. Yeah, I can't tell you how excited I was when I saw he was back for that kick on Saturday. Yeah. I was like, please, God, JoJo, take it to the house. Yeah. But uh, anyway, you, you always find these guys. And I know I know you, you, you Wofford listeners are the same way. Like, we find random guys that, like, aren't really star players and sometimes aren't even starters that we just kind of like. Right. And JoJo's that guy for me on, on the defensive side. Well, I'll tell you what, Mike. Getting back to that 2012 team, James Otto was that guy for me. And he oh, goes, dude, he, he flies under the radar. I mean, he started out as a as a linebacker. And moved, or no, was he a safety and then linebacker or linebacker then safety? No, he's a safety okay. in his career. So he must, right. I think he started out like an outside linebacker. Right, that's exactly what it was. But And we had the Holt guys then. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is Zotto, he go he was underappreciated at the time. I mean, yeah. we knew what we had there, but he was a very good safety and a very good football player just in general. Um, Mike, if we're going stopping the run, I think it's this year's guys. Yeah. I mean, now you know, pass coverage is a hard hitter too. Right. Pass coverage, I oh, think it's that, not even close. It's not even close. It's the 2012. Yeah. But these guys can stop the run. Um, and guys, we're not comparing them, you know, just in general. We're going against North Dakota State. Do we yeah. think, you know, how they would fare? Um, and I think this year's team holds the upper hand rush-wise, yeah, uh, rush I, defense. I'm going to call this one a wash too, Kevin. Okay. I just think these two are just too closely uh, debatable. And I think we're going to see a few more washes. I think, in my opinion, as we look forward, we're going to have a few more washes, and then we're going to have one more upgrade. Yeah. And I think that's it. Um, all right. So... Outside linebackers. Back then we had uh, Philip Legrand and Alvin Ciano. Ooh. Ciano, I mean, he... Ciano was your boy. I loved him. Yeah. Which I still think if he wouldn't have got hurt, you know, in the spring training or whatever, training camp, Mm -hmm. he would have made that team he was trying out for, the Chargers. Yeah. He was good. I mean, he was a menace out there. Nobody wanted to have to deal with him. And so that was a very Ask Corey Robinson about it. Yeah. ask, Ask Corey... The big fluffy Gamecock, yeah. Robinson. He just got worked the whole game. I mean, I've never seen a, t- a player have the same body type as Cocky. <laughs> yeah, well, he probably he blocks Eno about as well as Cocky could have. <laughs> it's awful. So anyway, so who do we have now? We've got Daryl Viney. Yep. Uh, Jaira Wilson and Terrence Morris. Yep. So that, that to me, that's a wash. I, agree. I mean, both of those they both have so much good things about them, and they're very similar to each other. To me, Terrence Morris reminds me a lot of CNO. Mike, and I told you this, I think last week. I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna say it. I think Terrence Morris is the best defensive player the Terriers have all around. I think he's the best, and he's I don't think he get, I don't think he gets enough credit. Yeah, he's always in the right position. Yeah, because he's got to be so many places, right. Kevin. Like he's got to get out and cover guys in the slot. He and was tight ends. He was covering everything. Brian Edwards against Carolina. <laughs> I mean, the guy, the guy is very. I mean, he can get around and do so much, so many different things. I told you this, Mike. I think Terrence Marshall is the best defensive player they have. I mean, all around doing his job, yeah. I think he's the best. And I, mean, I and people may they're gonna be like, "Oh, this dude don't know what he's talking about." But I, we've watched him play for what four years now. Yeah, I'm telling you guys, he he's in the right spot a lot of the time. Yeah, and there's a lot of times where big plays happen, big hits are put on people because he's out there in the lane causing them to cut it up and. Guys, if you, if you have a chance to see up closer, go back and watch one of the games, look at Terrence Morris's helmet. It's just <laughs> yellow up there from where he's hit so many. I mean, he is in on so many tackles. He's in the right position. I'm telling you, he's very, very good, and he ne- and he doesn't get the appreciation he deserves. All right, but nonetheless, we're giving a wash between yep. 2007, 2012 and 2017. Uh, inside linebackers. Okay, at that time we had Mike and Mike in the middle. Right. Uh, <laughs> Mike Nyam and Mike McCrimmon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a tough one because now we've got Colton Clemens and we've got Detavious Wilson along with an occasional Billy Hinton, who Billy Hinton is also one of our spirit animals. Bill, Billy Hinton's my boy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we, my man. 
I mean, it's like there's we've got a kind of a little bit of a you know a group here. We've got uh, R.J. Taylor on offense, who's I mean, yep. just one of our main big guys. R.J. guys. And then we've got uh, <clears throat> also like Karis, whatever reason. I, just, <laughs> I just like him. And then you t- then we've got uh, Billy Hinton. And right. JoJo. And JoJo. Those are our spirit animals for this 2017 team. Right. And not because they're the best players. They just, we just like them. Yeah. Now, like RJ, way. I mean, on offense, he's very well one of the best players. But yeah. I'm just saying everybody else is not even a starter. Yeah, well, you know. But, but we still like they them. could be on many other teams. That's true. Very no, true. And, I, that. and that's something we hadn't really taken into account with these washes we have here. I think the depth. Overall, on this team is clearly better than yeah. 2012. Yeah, I think that's clearly an upgrade. And, and I think we hadn't really thought about that. We more thought of the starters. But that just, I mean, you you can plug Mason Roundtree or Billy Hinton in there any time at inside linebacker. Weston and, Roundtree. You said Mason Roundtree. Oh, yeah. Well, Good I, try. I mean, it was no, it was S-O-N. That's <laughs> true. It wasn't that far off. But, uh, yeah, you can plug guys in there. And Actually, maybe, it's not a S-O-N. It's T-O-N. What did I say? You said they're both S-O-N names. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. boy, we getting back in the getting back in again. Well, it has an S O N in it. It, it has D- an S O N in it. Yeah, S T O N. West Time. <laughs> I mean, guys, I know y'all have been y'all. If anybody's still listening to this, we're sorry, and we appreciate you still hanging in there. We know, <laughs> oh boy, this has been all over. Maybe losing you. Um, but just the depth overall of this team, I think, is is clearly better. Um, so, so let's go ahead and make a vote. What you got? This is hard for me. Really hard. I agree. I'm gonna say wash. I, I don't think it's. I don't think you can consider it an upgrade. That's what I'm saying. I think but it's I don't, a wash. I mean, it's not really. If I would, I would lean more towards downgrade than I would. I would too. But yeah. I would give it a wash. I would. I mean, too. it's just not. It's not that much of a difference. All right, defensive line. Upgrade. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's close. Uh, who we have at that time? Tarek Odom. Tarek Odom. Um, I'm trying to think of who we had. That was after a met Paul. The Josh Roseboro? Was he starting then? Yeah, probably. Um, I'm trying to think, think of who else it may have been. Still, though, the fact that it doesn't come to our head probably gives us an answer right now. And I know these guys that are playing right now are fresher, but let's get back to the depth. I mean, oh my God. Mike, dude, these guys, you mean you start, let's just say you start Vaughn, Brown, and. Um, Horton. Yeah. Then you got Priester and Curtis and And Thad Mangum. And Thad Mangum and Zamory. I mean, these guys are just, you know, coming in, rotating in, and we can just name two guys off of that twenty twelve. Not <laughs> and, not, and, 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 and it could and it yeah. could be the it could somebody's yelling right now at their phone going, Ah, this guy, this guy and we're just, <laughs> you know <laughs> Well we're just trying to have a little fun here. Just kinda you know, and because that was a great team. I think Yeah. Really, I think 2012 is right up there because that defense was just stellar. They were good. But I'm going to go ahead and say this, folks. I'm going upgrade, and the reason I'm going upgrade is because this defensive line we've got currently for Walford is the best in the country in FCS. I agree. I agree. Period. You can go ahead and mark that down. You've heard it here first, folks. They are the best defensive line in the FCS, period. Considering how little that we blitz, and we've got three-man rushes, the fact that the the amount of chaos that they cause is crazy. So I'm going upgrade all right. for the for the defensive line. So after all of this, Mike, we we've kind of like you said, we've broke down the units. So I would say overall, while they're pretty close, mm-hmm. I would say kind of like what I said before. No no hate toward that 2012 team, but this team, I think, if it's a Walford team can be, if a Walford team can go to Fargo. And beat the Bison. I think it's this 2017 squad. And like we said, that was a good 2012 team. Yeah. A very good team. But this one's better. Yeah. This one's they, better. They were top, they're top to bottom just so much better. And that, that's the thing about it. I think we had some starters there were a little bit more seasoned. And who were just, I mean, just masters of their craft. But just the overall athleticism of this squad. I don't think we've, set, we've seen this before. I agree. And I think that's what can plague North Dakota State. It's not bullying them, trying to bully them. It's not trying to push them around because I think we'd have trouble doing that. Not to say that we, we're not capable of it, but I think they're a tough enough opponent where we ain't going to be able to just push them around. Right. What will give them a fit is this athleticism on the edge, on both offense and defense. Mm-hmm. Both the receiver, running back, cornerback, safety, outside linebacker, those spots. I know everything starts up front, and I'm not really worried about us up front. I'm really not on either side of the ball. But I'm saying 
I think that is what will give them a fit. And that's why I'm picking the Terriers to win on Saturday. Well, Mike, I tell you what, before we get into our score uh, prediction, let's just go over some of the guys we maybe need to keep an eye on for from North Dakota State. We'll do that, do that quickly, and then we'll get into our score predictions, and we'll let these people go because I know that we've kind of been all over the place. <laughs> well, I know they got Easton Stick. Yes, he is the quarterback, and Mike, he is uh, completing at a 62.2% right now, so not bad at all. He's thrown for 1,992 yards, 20 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. So Easton Stick, like you said, Mike, is the quarterback. Now, rushing the ball, like we said, that's kind of their bread and butter. Not quite like Walford, but still, you know, they're, they're a run-first team. And, Mike, they have four guys with over 545 yards uh, Stick has 547, Ty Brooks has 565, Lance Dunn has 634, and their leading rusher, Bruce Anderson, has 908 yards. Uh, between those four guys, they have 35 touchdowns on the ground between those. Mm. Six for Anderson, 12 for Dunn, seven for Brooks, and 10 for Easton Stick. So, you know, they they have some they have some weapons out there in the backfield as well. Um, these teams are a little similar, Mike. I think, and yeah. that's something that we really hadn't hit at yet. They're they're similar, where they're you know they can throw the ball if they need to, but they're going to want to run the ball. Um, they rely on the the toughness and the strength of their offensive line. Um, and like you said, Mike, it's in the trenches, and that's where I like you said I'm not worried about the Terriers in the trenches. Um, but so four guys to really keep an eye on rushing the ball. That's Anderson, Dunn, Brooks, and the quarterback Stick. Um, receiving wise, they have two guys with over thirty receptions. Darius Shepard with 33 for 457. And then R.J. Erzendowski, um, he has 32 catches for 517 yards, but eight touchdowns. So mm. R.J. Erzendowski is the guy to keep an eye on receiving-wise. Um, I'm, I'm guessing probably Devin Watson will draw that assignment. Or really, well, I guess just probably whatever. BC. Or maybe B.C. Just to, yeah. or, you know, Lemon. Right. You know, whoever plays there. I think we're going to see a, a little bit more of B.C., um, in Fargo. Just because they're going to be passing it more right. than, than Furman was going to. Right. Um, Although they, Furman threw it they did. They threw quite it. a bit. And they, they threw and it they more than most options. Pretty teams. successful. But, um, yeah, Mike, I mean, they North Dakota State's a good team. Like we said, we're not discrediting the Bison. I mean, they've got a dynasty down there. They're good every single year. Um, but this team, um, I mean, we, we've went back and looked at some of their games. They're beatable. They're yeah. beatable, Mike. And, I think this Walker team can do it. And and I think, I, and I've heard a lot of people compare North Dakota State to being the Alabama of the FCS, and I have to give it to them. They've really been that. They've earned it. They've had a dynasty, and, and their team is even similar. Even their styles is similar to Alabama. Let's just hope we can be Auburn. Right. Let's hope we can go in there and, and cause them some fits, do things that they don't like, match up good on the line of scrimmage, because I know the Missouri Valley is a good conference. I get it. There's some good teams in it. But I don't think they're going to face a front seven like they're going to face on Saturday all year long. Yeah, and you know, not to take away from those teams, and I know they've lost a game. I think it was to South Dakota State. Yeah, but you know, they've not faced a, a unit that good. So if we can match up on the on the inside, give them fits on the outside, I think we can win this ball game. Well, Mike, what's your score prediction? You know, I always want to say low scoring. But every time I do that, like it doesn't end up that way. So I'm going to go somewhere in the middle here. Okay. Uh, I, I, the last thing I want this thing to do is go down to a field goal. I just field goal kickers scare me. Just and, in general. And not there's anything wrong with Luke Carter. I mean, he's had a great year. I mean, first team also con. Yeah, and we just sort of forget about him. Yeah, but when, I agree. College kickers will scare you. I mean, NFL, all kickers just yeah. freak me kickers out. Kickers in general. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want that to happen, but I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do, Kevin. It's going to okay. come down to a field goal. All right. Hopefully, it, it my prediction is Walford's going to be trailing by, you know, four points. Okay. 24 to 20. The field goals is going to come before. And then in the last drive, in dramatic fashion, I think we're going to see Goodson air it out, throw it to RJ Taylor a few times. And I think it, eventually we're going to run it in there. And go up to Fargo and beat. Shock the Bison. Shock the world. Shock the Bison. Knock them off. Headed on to the semifinals. Well, there it is. 27-24. Swag surfing. <laughs> I mean, whatever things we had this year. Yeah. Uh, oh. Handball? No. Nah. <laughs> uh, no, but 27-24. I'm going Terriers all the way. 27-24. And, I, guys, I'm not just... I know... 
If any of you listen to our other podcasts, I just pick these ridiculous scores just because I. You got to be the guy who's different. You got to be somebody who shakes it up a little bit and go out on a limb. I'm not going out on a limb by saying this. No, I fully believe this, and maybe it's overconfidence. Maybe it's taken away from it. And granted, these guys are a great team. I mean, you don't win how many now? Have they won five? Yeah. I mean, and, and so many of them in a row and beating those FBS teams, you don't do that if you're a baby, okay? You can play ball if you can do that. But I just got confidence in this team. They've been battle-tested. They've answered every call every single time. And they're going to get it done on Saturday. Going up to Fargo and getting a W in the Fargo Dome. I agree, Mike. I think the Terriers are going to get a win. Um, you know, I, I'm like you. I think it's going to be a very close game. And we know this team's ready for it. Yeah. Anything they throw at them, they're ready. They are battle-tested. The seniors know what's at stake. They've been here before. This is this is the round they reached last year. And you know that they want to go further. And they know that they can do it. This team has the capabilities to do so. Mike, I'm, I'm like I said, close game. I'm going to say 20-17 to 17 Terriers over North Dakota State in Fargo. Coming back to Spartanburg with a win. And hopefully with a Kennesaw State win, Mike, the semifinal would be at Gibbs Stadium. And can uh, you imagine? That would be so fun. Oh, man. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go ahead and say this. If there's some way that we win on Saturday in Kennesaw, go Owls, get it done, Kennesaw. Yeah. Enter the Owls? I don't know. Okay, we'll we'll go with Owls. Yeah. Now, right. Sure. Well, so the go first, Owls. Ain't the first time I've been wrong, old <laughs> Mason Roundtree. Yeah. <laughs> old Mason's having a heck of a year. <laughs> <laughs> or, never mind. What are you right, saying? So, I, if there's some way they get a win, and it's... Wofford and Kennesaw in the semifinals from Spartanburg, they are going to Frisco. I don't care what anybody They're says. not losing that game, boys. Not, they could bring Alabama into Spartanburg <laughs> on the semi, in, for the semifinals, and we're beating them guys. I'm telling Mike Ayers would have them ready to tackle the Richardson statue. I'm telling you, they would be, they'd oh, be, be so crazy. fired up. And that's yeah. the thing about it is, we've, historically we've been good at home. Yeah. So, you know... You know, as long as we're not playing Sanford, I feel pretty confident, okay? <laughs> That's one thing that is, doggone it, has plagued this team I know. the last two years. We can't beat Sanford. Lord. Sanford. Sanford. And, and Sanford, I'm not I'm not downing you guys, okay, because... But hey, we, we were better than y'all. We appreciate what y'all did for us when y'all took care of Furman. <laughs> yeah. All hey, right. Thank you. Sanford. But, 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 Furman, we... Get, can we please just beat the heck out of Sanford next year? Is that not the most frustrating thing in the world? It is very frustrating, but you know what? I'm not focusing on Sanford right That's now. That's true. Now, don't drill on the negatives, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Mike, let's just, I mean, it, it just goes without saying. We're confident going yeah. to Fargo. We're and confident think, in our team. We know what, they're ready. We know Coach Ayers and his staff is going to have them ready. Whoop, there it is. Swag surfing, hand bone, whatever it is. <laughs> whatever our motto is this year. <laughs> and come back with a dub. And, Kevin, I think it's not only the fans. It's not only the people that listen to this, the people on the message board. I think this team believes. I think, I think, I think they're like, hey, we're as good as anybody. We can play with anybody. Let's go get it done this year. And we've got to have we've got to have at least one championship for Mike Harris. I agree. He's got to at least get to the game once, because I think if we get there, we're going to win it. I do too. That's just my, that's just my thoughts on. I think if we ever get to the national championship, we're going to win. So I mean, and that's just we got to get that for Mike. It wouldn't be coming a better time in his thirtieth year, twenty seventeen. Let's make it happen, guys. And you, and you know what? You know what, Mike? Ah. After I've made that comment about Coach Ayers not smiling a lot, he's been smiling a lot. I know. I think, I think he listens. He's up in double digits now, yeah. and it, and it's just because he, it's pure joy around yeah. the program right now. I think he's a listener. Uh, he may be. I mean, because I've noticed, and I'm listen. We're not taking credit or or anything, but I've noticed that the the term short haired dog has been thrown out. Like I could have cried. I was so proud <laughs> when he said when he oh he didn't call them the terriers at all. Yeah. He said short-haired dogs against Furman in that video saying about the students getting tickets. And I love I, it. I just swelled up with pride. Yeah. I was so happy. <laughs> he probably, He's never listened to this, ever. <laughs> no but chance. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> like it, it made me think he maybe did. Right. But anyway, guys, enjoy the game. And Kevin, for the first time in how many years? Uh, let's see, about five. We're not going to have to rig this game up. I know it. it it's on ESPN it's not be on, boys. It's not going to be on SEC Network alternate, you're not going to have to flip to the 700s, and you're not going to have to warm up your Amazon Fire Stick or whatever you, your tablet or whatever you watch ESPN3 on. It's going to be on ESPN2. For everyone to see, and that's, I'm confident, Mike. We're going to put on a show in for them. I, I think so. I think so. So 12 o'clock kick, get ready. Short-haired dolls heading up to Fargo to take down the Bison. 
And quick disclaimer here, if you're listening after the game, just kind of wanted to see what we had to say, uh, if we were completely wrong, uh, just throw everything we said out the window. Just know we're just homers and we don't <laughs> yeah. know what we're talking about. And, yeah. You know, just, just just let us be, okay? But we appreciate you guys listening. This is episode six. Yes. Episode six of the Short-Haired Dog. Once again, the Terriers, the number seven seed in the FCS playoffs, will travel up to Fargo, North Dakota, head into the Fargo Dome, and play the North Dakota State Bison, the number two seed in the FCS playoffs. Appreciate you guys listening. You can follow our show on Twitter, at Short Hair Dog. You can also find us on Facebook, at The Short Hair Dog. You can also follow us on the on SoundCloud and the Apple Podcast app, at The Short Hair Dog as well. You can follow Kevin on Twitter. Where can they follow you at, KB? KBennett underscore five. And you can follow me at MikeBennettQFP. We hope you guys will enjoy... Our tweets, as much as you enjoy this podcast, or you may not enjoy it at all, but you can follow us nonetheless. We need to get those follows up. Right, KB? Right. And also, uh, we we don't really say this much, but I'm on the message boards at SHD Podcast. Um, So if you want to reach out to us on there as well, we post when every episode's ready. Um, I'm going to work on everything, getting all the sound and stuff together to to get it uploaded as soon as possible. So uh, any recommendations, anything you like about the show, or you just want to chat with us, just let us know. Uh, We're on the message board as well at SHD Podcast. All right, Kevin, that's going to do it for Episode 6. Terrier fans, buckle up, get ready. Short-haired dogs to North Dakota State. We're going to take them down. We've got to do it this year. Whoop, there it is. Ham bone. Uh, swag serving. Swag serving. Whatever our motto is this year, let's do it. Go short-haired dogs. Take down those bison. Go Terrier.